ears to good friends. Cheers. 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 Hmm. That's sort of an oaky afterbirth. What was that? She did tell me to uh, get a beer and some cheese fries over at Eskimo Joe's. That's very nice, lovely. I only hope you feel this way when I'm done. Because I could destroy this night in two seconds. Why is that funny? <laughs> well, I think it's a bit funny to be trying to define nothing. <laughs> Smooth as a bourbon on a summer day. Strong as a peated scotch in the winter night. This is a fair warning. The Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. John Wayne was not lying. We are burning daylight. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting in studio with David Niles, Wampo Sada on the buttons, Jim. We missed Jim last week. Yeah, but we got the full gang though today. Yeah, the gang's all the gang's back. Dave, this was a uh, an exciting weekend. Yes. It was very nice to be able to hang out with a bunch of Catholic guys. Are you okay? I'm good. I'm just yawning a lot. I'm very tired. <laughs> uh, we, we were at the Oklahoma Catholic Men's Conference. It was the 25th uh, uh, Catholic Conference, 25th anniversary. Which is awesome. Which is, yeah, incredible. Uh, uh, I was really excited about, to go. I've been to 23 of them. My dad took me... When I was nine years old, the very first one. And your dad's been to every single one. And my dad's been to every single one. That's very awesome. So very impressive. If you are uh, listening right now and you have boys, nine years old, ten years old, it is not too young. They're not too young to go to a Catholic men's conference. Take them. Now, I'll just tell you, when I was nine years old, I wasn't like super into it i slept basically the first you know there's two talks i was lunch, excited to go though at nine i was ex- it yeah. was like the 15 16 17 years when i, was I like excited was a little bit less excited to go i was always excited but i i slept through basically the first yeah, two okay. talks at night because right. you have to get up super early to go down there right is it like a two hour drive to get down there two and a half hour drive right. yeah and so i would just be breaking my neck you know nodding off um for the first two two talks, but it's still not too young. Like he said, he, he like planted the seed of tradition in our family that we are going to go to the to the men's conference in our state. Right, right, and that's really the that's I think the crucial part is that there's a tradition behind this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's father son sort of stuff. Right, and, and so we we all started going, and then we made the tradition, which I think Mexican was a, food. Yeah, which was a great tradition. After the conference, we'd go we always get Mexican food. Yes, which was. We did that this year. I was glad to get to go this year. I was really excited to go last year. But your lung decided it collapsed. Yeah, just decided my lung, my right lung decided to take a vacation. From breathing. Uh, like the day before. Right. It was the day we were supposed to leave, right? No, it was like the day. B- oh, right, because I was in the hospital for like nine days. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the a, week I, of. I was in there for a novena, full novena. It, it was the week of. Right. So I didn't get to go last year. They had Father... Uh, Leo paddling hug last year, and I was super jazzed to get to meet him. But didn't get a chance. Alas, to. he still he still doesn't even know I exist. He does. 
I, we no. talked. I mean, we inter- I interviewed I mean, him. Like just because you that say interview, like, oh, I have a buddy. Right. Yeah. You don't. You don't know. Right. But uh, that interview is available for our patrons. He has no idea how good looking I am, or I don't think he would care. I mean, like just from like a human standpoint, I think he would appreciate. You know. I don't know. I don't know. The way the, the way that you a man appreciates like a watching a lion bring down a gazelle on the Serengeti. I think that's how most men appreciate my good looks. It's like that is you know I'm not attracted to it, but I can't I can't take my eyes off of it. David Bates is gonna make that a meme for sure. That's um, I mean, that, I'm I'm just be, I'm just being honest. Okay, right fair now. enough. I'm I'm trying to transition away from this. Right. Uh, we're having a drink today. Sent to us by a patron member. I'm very excited to try it. Uh, Jason Rohr sent it to us. Thank you, Jason. You know what? Nobody has sent us liquor in a long time. We used so. to get. It used to be on the reg. Right. It's been a while. So, Jason, thanks so much. So, I, I really before we actually tried the the, the spice drum. I already did. You did. Okay. Well, before it. we officially try it. Uh, okay. I wanted to talk to you about what Jason does. He, he he sent me a little message. It said how he evangelizes, which is going to be perfect for our topic today. What we're going to discuss. He calls himself the Catholic dummy. And when he goes and talks to other other people about the faith, you know, he says, he's, he's just like, hey, listen, I'm just the Catholic dummy here. And so it instantly breaks down the walls of, it, you know, are you, are you pressing me here? Like, is there intimidation factors? No, 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 no. I'm the Catholic dummy. I just wanted to talk about Jesus. And so he says it's really effective, especially when it comes to uh, Mormons, whenever he's uh, just, Discussing discussing faith with Mormons, yeah, because they think, oh, good, you know, we got one, yeah, we got we got somebody who who doesn't know their faith at all. Right. It's like yeah. he does know his faith, and he continues easy, to learn his easy faith, target, but he, uh, but he doesn't claim to know all, all everything. You know, he's he was a continual learner. In fact, he told me he went to lat he went to the Latin Mass uh, for the first time maybe a couple years ago or something like that, and at the end he looked at his wife and he goes. I thought that was beautiful, but they didn't even speak Spanish. <laughs> and she goes, no, it was the Latin mass. And he thought, oh, well, I thought like Latin, Latino, like I thought like it was going to be like a Spanish speaking mass, you know? And so he like, he likes to tell that story, you know, just to kind That's of. That's a true story. Yeah, it's a true that story. That is an awesome story. Yeah. You but, know, like Latin people. Right. Latin, you know. Like Latinos. Right. And, uh, Latinos and Latinas. Yeah. Latin America. You know, that's what he was thinking. None Which, of these people even look Mexican. <laughs> I'm going to say something here. <laughs> so I thought that was just really this funny. Looks Wait. like racial appropriation if I've ever seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just thought it was really funny because uh, he was telling me that story. So so he sent us a, a couple different rums. He sent us uh, mm. this spiced rum. Mm. It's uh, Bayou spiced rum. It's from obviously from Louisiana. It's the pride of Louisiana. The right pride there. of Louisiana. Uh, he says he enjoys it the most on the rock, so that's what we're gonna ha- how we're gonna have it tonight. He sent it to us. He suggested it that way, so that's how we're gonna we're going to we're gonna drink it. So we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers, cheers, cheers to Jason. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so Jason. much. You should give Jason a toast while I try it officially. Ofi- uh, yeah, officially try it. <laughs> Jason, may you always be in the arms of our Lord. May you always mm. be under His protection and guidance, and may the Holy Spirit come down upon you as you continue your mission at uh, to make disciples through all nations. Cheers. That was the best I did. I like it. It was hard not to like because it's right. like, what, you don't like evangelization? Yeah, it's like, and as you go from like in the Catholic dummy world, Jason, I hope that someday you go from being like 
a halfwit to a complete idiot. <laughs> Someday I hope that you 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 find completion in your in your. <laughs> that's from this movie. It's from long story. Okay, but there's this guy in a town, and he's like the town <laughs> halfwit. Long story. No, that means you don't tell the story. I'm not telling you the whole story. I'm just telling the very basic elements. His dream, though, is to become a complete idiot. Okay. And at the end of the movie, he does it, and he's very... It's, this is a very good rum. It's delicious. The, the rum is delicious. It is. I've been waiting to say it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't... Uh, like, I haven't sipped many rums before, you know? It's made with the finest Louisiana sugar cane in, in a, a copper pot copper still. Pil- yeah, copper pots. Uh, so, like, I've had spiced rum, but obviously it's, you know... I, I've gone through my share of Captain Morgan, you know... Mm-hmm. In my day, who? What college kid didn't? Right. Um, so that I don't have. Fun I, little fact: If you mix orange soda with Captain Morgan, it tastes like a dreamsicle. I believe that it's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I do mean, you this have is, any orange soda? Not that I would do it with this, but no, I don't. But this is very good. Thank you, Jason, for sending mm. it over to us. Mm. I am gonna drink it. So it's got like a. Oh, there is like a little bit of orange to it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just because you said orange soda, but but there is like a little bit of citrus. It has a little bit of like Christmas time taste to it. Um, a tiny bit, some cinnamon maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tastes really good. It'll be fun to sip. It's forty uh, percent ABV. It's just delightful. Yes. So, anyway, uh, thank you, Jason, so much for sending it over to us, Dave. Uh, something else that we have going on very soon is that we are launching a new course for the uh, patreon members indeed with pat flynn pat flynn is going to be doing a course on fitness nutrition health Mm -hmm. the importance of it the virtues and vices that come along with it we're getting close uh part of the reason why we don't have it already is shocker it's my fault Uh, but we should be launching it i think mid within probably two to three weeks okay so that's 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 pretty i can be patient okay i appreciate that so yeah. We also, Dave, tell them about What's that. What's the course about? I just said it. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I stopped listening for a second. Yeah. Uh, what, what? What did you say? Fitness. It- <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting. Fitness episode. and what? Fitness, nutrition. Okay. Importance. Yeah. I heard that. What do you? Uh, what interviews did you do this weekend? So uh, at the we were at the just a little background information. We were at the Catholic Men's Conference this weekend. Did you say that too? Okay. Sorry, I'll try to do better. Yeah, you, you I are, will try to do better. You are the struggle bus But I got today. to interview, you were busy emceeing, and I got to interview all the, the speakers right after they were done. So I, I got to interview Jeff Cavins. Mm-hmm. I got to interview uh, Jim Beckman. I got to interview Tony Ferraro and Steve Agrisano. Agrisano. Agrisano? Mm-hmm. There's an I in there. Agrisano. Agrisano. You say Agriasano is what you're saying. It would be an A that you're throwing in oh. there. Just however it is however it is um all of which were just phenomenal speakers um the this particular the catholic men's conference here in oklahoma is always top notch right i mean it it's, really it, it is. is the gold standard uh, i honestly feel that way that after going to so many conferences around the country oklahoma is the one doing it the best i think um so it was a, it was a, a really great weekend great experience what did you talk to Jeff about? Banana bread. I didn't, I didn't actually, but that's one of his jokes. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada, and Jim Bo Baggins here in the house. We are sipping on some Bayou Spiced Rum, and it's just very good. I really like it. I might have to get some. This episode of the Catholic Man, or this segment of the Catholic Mantra is brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com, use the promo code TCMS to get 10% off all purchases. He's running really great deals right now, some really good specials, some uh, opportunities to buy some rosaries for your men's groups, for your uh, XS90 men's groups. He also has these home altars if you travel a lot. There's not a better way to sanctify your hotel room or wherever you're traveling than carrying a, a home altar with you. It's small, yeah, it's compact, it's totally. easy. Here's here's what it looks like right there. It gives you also like a different prayer cards that you're able to put on there, like St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, our, our mother, St. Saint Joseph. You could get a picture, a of, slew of, picture of me if you wanted to put it on there. Yes. Um, I mean, some people might want to do that. And we also have the Catholic Man Show hat if you're interested in that go to shop.catholic.com or no i just said shop.catholic.com for catholic totally, answers totally wrong thing no the catholic slash shop so we should get a prayer card of saint thomas aquinas wearing a catholic man show hat that'd be sweet that would be very sweet so dave okay wait so before we get into the gear today okay. we're talking about the krigma today we'll, we'll tell you guys what that is if you do not know what the krigma is uh but you talked Probably the reason why we're doing it is because we talked to Jeff Cavins. Yeah. So we got to go. We smoked a cigar with Jeff Cavins on Friday. It was just Jeff, you and I went mm-hmm. out to the cigar bar. Had a phenomenal time. Jeff Cavins is a very cool man. Just I I knew I was going to be meeting him this weekend, but I thought he would be kind of like intellectual, per, you know, like personality. He was so down to earth, totally chill. He had his. He brought his pipe with him. Right. He was ready to go. Like he was just. Like, I had a blast. He was like with one Jeff. of the, like an uh, interesting, interesting man. Super interesting. If you ever happen to run into him, uh, and he has his pipe, take him out and he, like get him the to tell us his life story. Yeah. The craziest. Yeah. He has had a crazy life. Like, like is a super cool crazy. Yeah. Life. Anyway. So yeah, that's why we're talking about the Kerygma today because he gave a talk. Uh, it wasn't just about the kerygma, um, but that was a, a big part of it. He inspired me, and so like that's what we're talking about today. So the the interviews that you did that we'll probably be releasing for Patreon. Yeah. What, what did you talk to him about on the interview? Because I, I didn't, I didn't even. Get yeah, to no, you ask haven't even you. heard. I mean, it was just, a lot of it was like kind of summary, summarizing some of the points from their talk. Okay, uh, I, I let the Holy Spirit just flow through me. In, in those interviews, oh, it was, be interested it was to hear. just, it was great. Okay. One of them, uh, Steve Agrisano, it cut out in the middle of his recording, so I'm not sure it's where. probably the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit like, you like, know what, yeah. we're just going to cut it right here. <laughs> That's good enough, Dave. <laughs> Thanks for showing up today. I'll take it, I'll take it from take here. It from it's here. all right. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. So, but it was, it was, it was a really great weekend. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, man gear today is hiking boots, which kind of like will relate to the topic today. Right. Do you have any hiking boots? I do have hiking boots. Yes. What kind are they? Uh, I I'm not aware. No, you don't oh, know like what brand or not like. Sure. I, I bought them a long time ago. They they work really well. But here's here's my only hiking boot story that I. What is what does Jim have there? Uh, Timberlands. Timberlands, yeah. Yeah, those are good ones. I've never. Owned the only any hiking boot story that I have is that I decided to wear my. When I went hunting this last week, this last year, I wore my rubber boots because it was kind of rainy, and so I was like, "Well, I'm going to yeah. wear my 
camo ro- my kind of my muck boots yeah and i wore them and my the jeep that i the four by four jeep that i took up to my high, uh, hunting spot stopped working it's like an old 1980s jeep you know yeah lifted with big tires but it like stopped working i was like oh man so i walked down the mountain and at like as soon as i started walking down the mountain i realized i wish i had my hiking boots not these rubber muck boots and i had to walk three miles back to camp in, in these, in these like, rubber muck boots uh, and now, I, now I will say, depending on what kind of muck boots you have, they may they were not muck. They were not the brand muck. Okay, because I was gonna say you can spend over two hundred bucks on some. No, these were the and, uh, and some their muck. If you get those muck boots, they are nice. Yeah, my uh, you've been just fine. These were thirty dollar ones from Academy. Right. Yeah. So it was br- it was blister city. Right. Totally. But, but I definitely wish I had my, my hiking boots at that time. So I have a pair. This is a, a Christmas gift. A pair of Keen hiking boots. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how much I love them. They are incredible. Uh, like in the snow, they're also kind of snow boots a little bit, you know? Um, Weatherproof. Right. And so uh, just recently here in Oklahoma, two weeks ago, we had negative, I mean, the wind chill it was, was like negative, negative 15 it, degrees. I think the temperature was negative nine, is what it got down to. Maybe so. Um, and I was out sledding with the girls at that moment with these boots on that may seem imprudent no taking your little kids out there they they wanted they wanted to go (laughs) we had a blast okay we had a blast really um and it even in those temperatures my feet were just toasty warm toasty warm and even when i wear them in the summer when i'm hiking they don't my it's not like my feet are getting too hot Mm mm-hmm these keen boots, I don't know. Even, I was trying to think, like, how long have I had them? It's, I've had, uh, probably 10 years. Wow. I've had them forever. Mm-hmm. And they don't look brand new, but they are, they are, I mean, I've probably got another five to 10 years left in them. Nice. I mean, they are not at all wearing out. Um, so just, I was looking at their website on the way over here. You can get a pair of keen boots. They're expensive, like 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I got to tell you, like, if you're going to be hiking or, or especially in the cold, mm-hmm. it is it is worth it. Well, especially if they last that long. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, because when your feet get cold, you're just not doing anything anymore, right? If your feet are cold, you, you shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a saying that it's not the mountain that defeats you, but the pebble in your shoe. Right. Um, and it's like, so if you're... I, I feel a little bit like Lieutenant Dan from uh, <laughs> from uh, Forrest Gump at this moment. Like, number one thing right here, socks. Keep your feet dry. Okay. And, of course, he ends up losing his legs <laughs> later on. But um, it's true. Like, if your feet are cold or uncomfortable or if your feet are suffering, what you're, you're just totally arrested. You're not going to be able to do anything. You're just going to be parking it for a while. So... Um, having a nice pair of hiking boots, mm-hmm. man, it's you just can't, you just can't do it. So how does it relate to the topic today? We can jump into it. Let's just jump, jump we into can. the topic. We can. Uh, well, because the kerygma is about, it's, it's the essential elements of, of the gospel. Um, and it's important to know so that the gospel can be easily explained. It, it can be easily, um, passed on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're passing on the gospel, you might, I was just thinking about the apostles. 
walking from town to town, you know, all across uh, the Middle East and Europe and um, and beyond, spreading the good news, mm-hmm. taking the kerygma. The word kerygma actually is in it's the it's a Greek word for uh, proclamation. Proclamation. Um, and it's in the Bible, the new the books of the New Testament nine times. So it's actually Paul. Saint Paul uses it six times in his uh, in his writings in his letters for exactly this, like spreading the gospel, like saying spreading the kerygma. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's that's just why I picked the man the the boots, just because. Yeah, I think it fits in a little bit. I think as Catholics, sometimes we have so much inside baseball. That we play as Catholics, yeah. especially when you're coming to which is cool. Which is cool. Yes, I but, like the inside baseball. And I mean, even I guess even some, sometimes we're guilty of this on the show. We have all these different topics on uh, philosophy and you know uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas and like the five ways and all these other topics. And really, all it's boiled down to is just so that way you can have a deeper understanding of right. God, a, a deeper understanding of our Creator. And a lot of times we make it way more complicated than what we need to when it was interesting well you know it's good that we have those complicated things because you know they they serve an important role yes Uh, i I, I know a little i know what what you mean i know what you mean but just in case like somebody else doesn't know what you mean um because we want to be specific we want to say what we mean and we don't want to say what we don't mean so we do have you know like words like consubstantial transubstantiation you know like mm-hmm. these are specific words that we use on purpose for a reason they can be a little intimidating to somebody who's not catholic uh, or even catholics who just don't know their faith you know um but they're they're there for a reason um it's it's not essential whether you know like when you get to heaven god's not going to say tell me the definition of transubstantiation right. that's not on the test you know it's something that as a good Catholic should know. But right now, like today, we want to talk about the be- getting back to basics. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know here in Oklahoma, us Catholics are a, a huge minority. Mm-hmm. You know, we are way outnumbered. Um, and so when you're having a conversation with somebody who's not Catholic, you need to be able to present the gospel in an elevator pitch. You know, it's like, you know, you and I are both salesmen. Mm-hmm. And a salesman needs to be able to have the elevator pitch. You know, right. in 30 seconds, mm-hmm. you need to be able to explain to someone what it is you do for a living in such a way that they're interested, you know, and understand mm-hmm. what it is, like, how you can add value, how you, how, like, how you can help serve somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what the kerygma is. Um, for the faith, a way that you can very quickly, because sometimes, you know, in the, as you're going about life, you might have only 20 seconds with, with a stranger. At least to, at least to initiate right. the conversation. So, like, you got to make the most of that 20 seconds. Right. I mean, even when we were talking with Jeff Cavins, he was just saying, I could probably talk to anybody in here about the faith. It has nothing to do with deep theological discussion, but... Right. Uh, being able to relate to who they are yeah. and gain their trust and then talk about what we what we believe. So we'll continue this conversation on the other side. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Talking about the Krigma today. This segment is sponsored by Select International Tours. Go check them out. They're on our, uh, if you go on our show notes, they ha- we have a banner for them. You can click on that. That will go take you straight there. You can sign up for possibly a pilgrimage that we're working on. Once everybody can start traveling yeah, again. The, the pilgrimage game is ramping back up. Right. And right now, you can still get discounts on pilgrimage. I'm speaking in general right now. Mm-hmm. So if uh, there's a, a pilgrimage you've wanted to go on, now is the time. So go check them out. It's like international tours. You don't have to go on it right now, but you book it now. And you get like... like you could book, you book it, for it for next for- year or something. Right. Or like, you know, like, let's just hypothetically say like four and a half years when Biden won't be president anymore or something, you know, like. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We are talking about the Krigma today. That is what we're talking about. Uh, So, so I think before we even discuss like, okay, what is the Krigma? What are we trying to do? Like, you were trying to, to, you know, relay the faith. Yeah. I mean, so if somebody comes up to you, I mean, this is a challenging thing. It's actually not. But uh, it's just something that people aren't practiced at. If they say, "Why are you Catholic?" Because it's true is my is my answer. Um, yeah, but, but they're going to disagree with you on right, that. I know. You know that's that that's a good it's a correct answer. Right. Uh, but it's not an attractive answer. Right. So it's not effective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that you shouldn't have to pause about. Hopefully, that's a that's a question. If somebody asks you, you like light up. You know, when when someone asks you that question, you get like, they need to see you. Time. They need to see you like your demeanor change and and like I am so glad you asked me that question because it's a love story, right? Exactly. Like, why do you love your wife? Like, if someone asks you that question, you will. You'd be like, right. oh man, right? Like, where do I start? Right. You know, uh, at least I hope that's the case. Uh, so it should be the same with the faith. Mm-hmm. So understanding the charisma, which like a good practicing Catholic understands it, they just aren't familiar. Maybe aren't familiar with it. I mean, hopefully they are, but uh, many many people are not. Um, and so, like, let's just lay it out. Okay, let's just lay it out. So it's, we're talking about the basic message of the gospel here. So there are like four elements. There technically, depending on who you ask, there are seven official parts of the charisma. But there are four elements, and the four elements I think are really what you should remember. Don't try to remember the seven parts because I think the it's a little bit less effective. Um, so the the four elements are God loves you and has a plan for your life. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two is that sin has ruined this plan. He's sin has marred the relationship that we have with with God. Number three is that Jesus came to save you. He died on the cross in order to restore that relationship and restore you to the good graces of of God. You know, he paid the the price. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you can kind of put these things in your own words. That's what I'm doing right now. Um, And and that four is that um, we need to respond to that grace. Mm-hmm. You know, that we need to, uh, we have this call to be baptized, to receive the Holy Spirit, and to live in that grace. Right. To repent, to believe, to be baptized. Right, exactly. Um, so those are the four elements. Uh, the seven official, I don't know, actually know if it's official, but 
it seems to be pretty common mm-hmm. uh, that the everyone there's a seems to be a fair amount of agreement that these are the seven things is that number one God loves you has a plan for your life number two sin will destroy you three Christ died to save you four repent and believe in the gospel so you can see like those first four those are the first four elements so that's mm-hmm. why I think those are most important number five be baptized receive the Holy Spirit six abide in Christ and his body the church seven go make disciples you know so if you just remember the first four, It'll carry you through the rest of the way. Right. I mean, the the, the others, are, they're just kind of like a logical, they just follow logically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we, uh, you know, Jeff Cavins, he gave this talk, and he really opened my eyes into to some things that I didn't understand. Um, Jeff, he was a, a charismatic, uh, he was, a, well, he was a pastor and, you know, Protestant, Pentecostal preacher. Assembly pastor mm-hmm. um, for several years. He, uh, he was a raised Catholic, so, and then he reverted. And, and I think that that his time in, in the Protestant world um, really, really helps him a lot in that he doesn't have a lot of those hang-ups when it comes to talking about your faith. For us as Catholics, often the faith is a very private, um, it's a very private thing, you know, like, oh, I have this interior life, it's my interior life. It's hard to explain your own interior life. I get that. It is hard to explain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if, like, if that's your experience with the faith, it makes it difficult to talk about. It's not something that we practice a whole lot. Um, and I think that's to our own detriment. Um, you know, that's something that's something we got to get better at. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's on us. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and our Protestant brothers and sisters, they're, they do it so much better than us. Uh, I mean, that's that's something that they really excel at, uh, many of them. They, like, almost embrace the awkward moments. Yeah. Because that's what happens a lot of times, is whenever you, you, you talk about your faith, you say something, and then there's this, like in sales, whenever you, you name the price... You have to embrace the awkward moment. Yeah, because the next thing, once you say the price, the, the next rule of thumb is... Like, don't say you, anything. You, you, you shut up. Right, because if you say anything next, oh, you're toast. Right, and so... Those awkward moments are, are hard to build in if you're not used to having those awkward moments. Yeah, and the, the, I think with this kind of thing, they're awkward more in the beginning. Like, the more, the more you get comfortable with doing this, with this message, mm-hmm. the less awkward it becomes. Because the better you get at simply just weaving it naturally into, into a conversation. Right. Um, Jeff Cavins, he gave a lot of great just examples from his own life. Some were more astonishing than others, but um, they were all just pretty natural, you know. Well, he he gave this example one time that some lady he met, she was really upset about the Catholic Church, and she realized he was Catholic, and she raised all these uh, things up against the Catholic Church. You know, I can't believe the Catholic Church does this, this, and that. You've got the priest scandal. You have the you know art at the Vatican that sell all that and give give it to the the poor. And uh, he goes. He just said, you know what, you're right, there's a lot of sin in this world, there's a lot of things that uh, have been ruined by sin. Like, he started there, and that automatically was like, oh, that's not what I was expecting you to say. I was not expecting you to go that route, which is uh, the number number two point, basically, yeah. on on the kerygma, you know, sin destroys the, God's plan. He was like, you know, there's a lot of sin in this world, but we do know that God has a plan. Mm-hmm. And then he said, by the end of the by the end of the conversation, she was sitting there crying. She was because. Yeah. And then they ended up going to mass with him. Right. She ended up going to mass with he and his wife. 
Right. After saying she was like, how much she hated the Catholic Church. Right. In a matter of 24 hours. Yeah. She went from, I hate the Catholic Church to, I'm, I will go to Mass with you in 24 hours. You know, I mean, Jeff Cavins is a, you know, particular charismatic person, you know, like just his own personality. And, you know, I, it's not like, oh, if you start, if you started, you know, saying these things to people, these are going to be your results. Uh, results may vary. Sure. But but one of the things that Jeff really tried to drive home is that this is not a message like other messages. This is not uh, like saying this, saying these things that God loves you, sin has ruined that relationship, Christ died for you, repent and believe in the gospel. But, saying that to somebody is different from saying anything else. Right, because the power is in the message. Right, this message has power in it. He was explaining how the the Holy Spirit confirms this message in the heart of the receiver, right? Um, and so you don't have to, It's you know, it's not up to you to, like, convert them to you know, say the right thing, yeah, persuade them to it takes all the it takes the burden off of you when you're dealing with somebody, you know, like to just this is the message. This is the message that everybody needs. Um, if somebody has already heard this message and and bought into it, then you don't need to just repeat it to them. You know, like if you if you're talking to someone who already pursues Christ in their life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Protestant, Catholic or whatever, um, then maybe you maybe you talk about other things, right? Um, but for somebody who doesn't, and it's maybe you, it's hard maybe to know that. But this is such, this is the most important thing for them to know. There is nothing more important in life than coming into a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, so even if it's awkward for you, um, the gift that you're giving to somebody is you know it's like you're going to you're going to not give it to them because it's awkward maybe right but i think that what ends up happening is like the rescued end up rescuing more right and oh, more sure. and, and, you yeah. know, the the further the, the the depths of you know how like what your life is in and you end up being rescued and you realize that the power is in the message that Jesus Christ did come down to save you and it, it did change the whole world it changed everything and once they realize this and how he did it just for you he did it just for you when they realize this and they realize that Christ died for them then they a lot of times they're no longer like once that once that clicks once that finally like the switch is made I think that a lot of times that that fortitude, that courage is instilled in them and they're no longer worried about those awkward moments as much. Right. Because they have been saved. You know, it's it's just like St. Paul, right? He was, saw, you know, all the th- horrible things he did. When he had that conversion moment and things just switched and yeah. he realized he was rescued, uh, he wanted to go rescue more. Right. And that's just the natural... Uh, working of the Holy Spirit within you whenever you get baptized and whenever you you know believe in the gospel the power is in the message all you have to do is go do it you know, we'll keep, amen brother we'll keep going with it
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about the charisma. This segment of the Catholic Man Show brought to you by Adam Minahan. Go to adamminahan.com. Just to be have your mind blown. No idea what that is. I also don't know what it is. I don't know don't that, do yeah, that. I don't even know if there is an adamminahan.com. I didn't do it. All of a sudden, I'm afraid that there might be. Yeah. Uh, not me. But this segment is brought to you by Adam Minahan. Adam, uh, Timothy Adam Minahan, actually, if you will, my co-host today. Adam, thank you for supporting the show with your presence here today. You're welcome. I'm happy to do it's it. It's a blessing it's to honor. us all. It's an honor. Yeah. Okay, so the kerygma. Uh, we, we kind of talked a little bit. We went briefly over the four, the four major elements. I'd like to talk about, break them down a little bit. Full disclosure, we're talking about this like this is something... I'm talking about it like it's something that I know and do. I am just as bad at this as everybody else. I also feel awkward doing this. And I also rarely do it. In fact, I was telling Jeff how terrible I am at responding to like those little urges. You know, sometimes like you have those like feelings like, ooh, maybe I should say something to that guy. And you just like, that would be really weird. And I kind of sit there, like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do it? Should I not do it? And then the guy walks away, and it's like, okay, oh, I don't have to do it. Right. Good. I should have done it, though. I mean, like, you, if you have that urge, just do it. Mm-hmm. What's the worst that's going to happen? And we've talked about that on the show before, like those little urges. That, like, I just want, I just want to, like full disclosure. Right. Uh, well, we all can get be- continue getting better at it. Right. Right. Uh, but anyway... Number one, God loves you and has a plan for your life. Mm-hmm. First, before you, like, before you can do that, we also need to confront, I think, ourselves, do we believe that? Because there's a lot of Catholics, there's a lot of Christians who go to church, but when it comes right down to it, do you believe that statement? Mm-hmm. Does he, that he loves you and has a plan for your life? It's one of those things that I think a lot of people just kind of say, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, of course. But if you believe that, then you will live like it. You know, that you, uh, if you believe that God has a plan for your life and that he's, he is the one organizing, you know, to some extent, to the most extent, the things that happen to you, mm-hmm. then you will have a faith and a trust. Um, right, that's like the pre-evangelization part, right, is like... You can't sit there and tell them about all this stuff if you're not the one. If you're not trustworthy, if they mm-hmm. if they can't look at you and say like if they they can't look at you and say you know there is a hope within him, you know maybe you know maybe I I do need to go check him out like or there's just right. something different about him right uh, compared to all the other guys you know I, I I rarely even see him in a bad mood I rarely see him you know he's always smiling I don't know whatever it is there's something about you that stands out uh, different and it's because your faith changes the way you live your life absolutely. Just like I, I, maybe Jeff even said, this is uh, the this, shape of your life. The shape of your life, you know yeah. how uh, you, you change whenever you get married. It's it's different. Like the way you live your life is different. Yeah, when you fall in love, the shape of your life changes. You know, when right. you started dating your wife, the shape of your life changed. Certainly, when you got engaged, the shape of your life changed. All of a sudden, you're not doing the same things. You're not. You know, you're just not the same person. Then when you got married, and then when you had kids, certainly you're the shape of, you know. Right. So when you have this encounter with Christ, 
and if you're sharing the charisma with people, then presumably you've, you, then certainly you have had it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I think it's just one of those things that is, you can't be too quick to gloss over because relinquishing control of your life that is like, I believe God has a plan for my life and I, I need to surrender myself to it. That is a huge thing. It's part of, it's step one in sharing the gospel. Right. Because if you believe he has a plan for your life, then that means that this person who's here in front of you is part of that plan. That's why you're sharing the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. Because you believe it's as as a disciple of Christ, part of that plan is go and make disciples of all nations. Here is someone in front of me that the Lord in his divine plan has put in front of me. There, you know, so I, mm-hmm. I need to share it with them. So if you haven't embraced this idea that God loves you and that he has a plan for your life, and I promise you he does. Mm-hmm. He has a plan for your life that will blow your mind. Your maximum happiness resides in following to the T this plan for your life. Surrendering, surrendering yourself, abandoning yourself to his will, will be the happiest version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so if you haven't internalized that, and if, you, if it's something you don't live out, then you're just not going to be as effective, okay? It's not... I'm not saying that, oh, I'm not giving anyone an excuse here to say, that's not something I do well. I don't, I have anxiety issues sometimes, or I have, I don't, I don't trust very well sometimes. Therefore, I'm not ready to share the charisma. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Even uh, Jim Beckman uh, this weekend was talking about how he would, he used to, he got out of fasting. He stopped fasting because he, he would start fasting. It wasn't his gift. It wasn't his gift. You know, I'm going to try other things for fasting because he would start fasting and he'd get a headache. Right. And he said like, well, I can't do that. I'm getting a headache. So I'll start giving up other things instead of fasting. Mm -hmm. And then he went on Exodus 90 and he realized, no. You had to fast a little bit longer. Your body had to get used to it Mm -hmm. and you fasted a little bit more and now your life has changed. You're able to to do that. Right. And I think that's a, it's just a a period of growth. With anytime you have a period of growth, uh, there's, something that's pushing you back there's something that's restraining you there's something that's uh that you're having to break through the wall to continue growing and there's going to be pushback there's going to be uncomfort but then once you get past that you don't even think about it anymore i mean i don't know about you adam but i know people who have told me that the whole like oh that whole you know like talking to people that's just not that's just not my thing Right. I'm just not good at that. You know, well, that, God didn't tell you to be good at it. He just said, be faithful. Well, the thing is, it. this is not a complicated message. Right. And that, as we, t- as we said already, the Holy Spirit will confirm the message because this is the gospel. The Holy Spirit alone can convert somebody. If you, the, the, we're talking about the basic message. It's not that we're, uh, you know, saying an incantation over someone. It's like, oh, these are the words you say. It's not a spell. Right, but conveying the idea, the message behind God loves you, He died for you, and He wants to be in relationship with you, that you are loved beyond your comprehension by Him. He loves you so much, He came just to die for you, mm-hmm. to show you His love. He became one of you and died, you know, right. he, he took on human nature to die for you. I mean, this is, uh, it's not a hard thing to say. I mean, just... Like, from a word standpoint. Words are hard. We know that. We, we do know this. But these these are not hard words. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we still want to make sure that 
we've internalized what it is the message that we're really saying to people. So um, the second one is that our sin has ruined our relationship with God. I think this one is just so easy. Who doesn't? Who doesn't know this? Right. And this is something you can agree. Like, this is a good starting ground with a lot of people, right? It's like, yes, you're right. There's a lot of things wrong in this world. Right. Uh, you know, we have messed up. Because depending on where you are in the country, I think a lot of people are just going to go ahead and grant you, number one, that God loves you and has a plan for your life. You know, if you're in a, like, if you're on the West Coast, maybe that's a harder sell. Right. Um, here in, in the Bible Belt, that's not a hard sell. Right. People... People believe that, mm-hmm. um, and I think people also believe believe number two. I think really one of the big hangups for Catholics is that this whole thing sounds Protestant. You know, it kind of sounds like you're saying faith alone. You know, just accept Jesus as your Savior, and now you're saved. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is that there is some truth in that. You know, if you are going about your life and someone comes up to you and 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 preaches the kerygma to you, and you are convicted, and you say, okay, how? I'm in. At that moment, if you, like, die right then, uh, how, how are you to be held accountable? I mean, like, you have accepted that you've accepted the gospel, you know, it's like you have now accepted the seeds of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as Catholics, we're not saved by faith, we're saved by grace, you know, and that, that's what we believe, we're saved by grace. Um, and that works itself out in many ways. Faith works. You know, it's like the whole of God alone judges the soul, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I think a lot of people, and I get it, you know, it does sound awfully Protestant when you're just as if like, there, I'm done. Okay, you accepted Jesus. Well, the thing it's is, over. Like, once you accept, like, once But this you, is the basics. And once you uh, accept Jesus, now your life is like radically transformed mm-hmm. and by radically transformed that means you no longer do the things that you did in this life uh, you know before but this new life that you've had this new baptism that you've you've now undertaken is is telling you is is demanding of you to go do more things because right. baptism actually is part of the kerygma be baptized and receive the holy spirit when, when you get through the like the seven the seven ver- mm-hmm. seven right. part version right um, and, and then so that is and part. Then the last one is go make disciples. Right. Right. So it's now now. And then, longer. but before that, abide in Christ and in the body, His church. So, you know, it's not like oh, you accept the message, all of a sudden you're radically changed. You probably aren't. You're probably very largely the same person you were ten minutes ago. Um, except that now you have a- accepted grace into your life. Okay, grace does not v- very rarely change you 100% on day one. God works miracles sometimes, mm-hmm. but we all know, living the life, the spiritual life, that it is a gradual process. It's a day, minor change at a time, where we slowly come to accept more and more of God's love. We slowly conform ourselves more and more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's not like it's going to be a... It is a radical change, but not, not with radical speed. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's keep talking about this a little bit more. This okay. is the end of the end of the fourth segment, but um, final comments. More on the Lord's team. The winning side. The Razor Glass. What if a person doesn't want to hear the message and is defensive whenever you bring up religion? 
Well, I think that goes into what we were talking about with pre pre evangelization. They have to know that they have to trust you. They have to know that what you're saying is like what you're saying is the reason why you're saying it is because you love them. It's not because you're trying to win an argument. It's not because you're trying to uh, push something down their throats, but that you have something that they don't. And because of that, you love them so much, you want them to embrace it. You want them to, to come in communion with them in that. Perhaps if you're bringing up something and they totally are uh, shut off by it, you've taken, you, you've taken one too big of a step. There's like steps yeah, that I mean, happen. I also think there's just going to be some people who you say this to, and they, they're going to look at you and like curse at you. Well, and then St. Paul says, dust off your sandals and go into the next but town. But at the same time, remember, the Holy Spirit will confirm the message. They might curse at you because they're, be- because they're being convicted, and like it hurts them to be confirmed. Like for their own in, like interior to be confronted that way, so they may curse at you now, but tonight when they're lying in bed, it might haunt them. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? That seed. You need to be praying and fasting for them. Right. Yeah. Jim's over here. Spat, be praying and fasting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jim, no, you want a show? You we'll show. give you a show. The Jimbo Baggins show. That would sell. Like that would. I feel like that would sell. Jim. That'll preach. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so like the thing is. And a lot of you times, do it. Don't expect to see the fruit, right? And a lot of times, it's really hard to do if you're doing it online. You know, if if you're trying to make this all happen yeah. online, it's very tough to do. Conversion conversion is always harder when you can't look someone look somebody eye, in the eye in the eyes. Yeah, right. So that makes it even one step harder. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it only takes place in in like. Uh, like face to face relate. It not only I said only it almost only takes place face-to-face relationships um but even if they don't even if they pretend to reject it you don't know that it's not gonna haunt them or and five years from now it, they well, might tell re- them tell them about your story uh with father larry richard yeah okay great yeah so uh f- uh father larry richard he came to the catholic men the men's conference right the one we just went that's, to that's why i wanted like it comes full circle like uh 20 years ago mm-hmm. i mean it was a long time ago. I was a teenager. And he came, you know, Father Larry, he's a powerful speaker. Uh, I mean, like, in many ways. He punches you in the gut. You know, like, for men. He's a great a great speaker for men because he just, he'll let you have it. Um, and I remember him saying, you know, like, talking about morality, sexual morality, and uh, saying, trust me, if you don't believe me, one of these days you're going to, you won't be able to sleep at night and you won't know why. And when you're laying there in bed, I want you to hear my voice. Trying to figure out what it is. I want you to hear my voice say, I told you so. And I remember like liking, like, yeah, Father Larry, he's good. So then fast forward to college. I was living a life that he had described pretty well. Mm -hmm. And one night I found myself lying awake. And I heard out of, I wasn't thinking about him. I mean, all of a sudden I heard Father Larry's voice say, I told you so. It freaked the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> because I went like, oh my gosh! Yeah. And actually that night, it was just like at one in the morning when I couldn't sleep. I have narcolepsy. Okay, so which is for me not to be able to sleep, it's like a miracle. Right. Um, and I got up and actually ran 
I felt like I can't drive. I could have driven. I wasn't in a condi- I was in a condition to drive, but I felt I just felt like no. I need to run to the church. And so I ran to this church which was like a mile and a half away in the middle of the night. And I got there and of course it's locked, right? Cuz it's one o'clock in the morning. However, it was under construction. And so they had one of the exterior walls demolo- uh, demolitioned with just like a plastic sheet uh, like around the edge. And so I went up to like where the plastic sheet met the actual wall and was able to just like slip right, you know, between it. And I did get into the church um, and prayed and like, I, I did really like that was a that was a conversion moment for me big time big mm-hmm. time, um, and like I started going to daily mass it didn't last forever, um, you know it was like I was uh, one of those people who uh, Christ I th- at that moment I think I I described pretty well the seed that falls and uh, like on rocky soil is that mm-hmm. what it, that sprouts and grows very quickly but then dies deep, it doesn't have because it doesn't have the roots right. Um, I was going to daily mass for like two months, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I just fell back into like my old ways. Which you know? is why I mean, because things got better. Right. I, fe- you know, I felt corrected, and so I wasn't struggling anymore. I I didn't have this like drive, you know. And so I, because I was felt better, I went back to the old things I was doing that were mm-hmm. so much fun. Right, importance of virtue. Right, exactly, exactly. It wasn't a virtue. I had no virtue. Um. So, I don't remember what started that. Well, planting the seeds. Like, you may not even see oh, the results. Oh, right, exactly. Like, so, Father Larry, he planted that seed. Mm-hmm. And it was like 10 years, five years before it um, actually took root. Before anything happened. So, right. you know, when you're doing this, when you're proclaiming the gospel mm-hmm. and just this basic message, this proclamation, this charisma, don't expect that. In, in fact, definitely don't expect that the person you're talking to is just going to accept it. Mm-hmm. They probably won't. You know, life has... It, life... In fact, in America, surely they've heard of Jesus. I mean, I, it's hard to imagine someone living in America who, if you said something about Jesus, they'd say, who's Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like... They're going to know who Jesus is, sort of, at least. Um, and so it's not like this is the first time, probably, that they've heard it. Right. Um, in fact, they've probably taken steps to reject it. But because you have proclaimed it to them again, maybe, or because they see that you're not a hypocrite, that you really do love, that you believe the things that you say, which mm-hmm. is different, because not everyone does. Right. Um, I mean, there are a lot of people, Catholics, Protestants, there are a lot of Christians who do what they do and they don't believe it, mm-hmm. but they, they view it as either a job or it's a way for them to be popular or, you know, they get like a, I don't know, there's all kinds of reasons why someone might be proclaiming Christ without believing him. Yes. You know, so, um, when you step up and they can see in your eyes that you're serious to be, it might it might make a difference, but don't expect for them to just like break down and weep like Jeff Cave like in Jeff Cavins stories, right? Because with that story with Jeff Cavins, there's how hundred, how many right, did he hundred, not tell? Right. right, 
there's a hundred of them that didn't work out that way. Right. But the ultimate, I mean, the deal is, is that as a baptized Catholic, we, we're now called to go and make disciples of all nations. It is not something that uh, Christ suggested. It's not something that he said, you know, that the gospel makes it very clear. If you are a Christian, your job as a Christian is to be, is, is to disciple other people, is to go make other people Christian and disciple them. Yeah. Uh, and, it's part of the beauty of the body of Christ, and as the body of Christ continues to grow, like it becomes stronger and beautiful. Like it just—it's uh, just something that it's mystical. Uh, how the more people that are involved, I mean, Christ made it. God made us for communion, and when we separated from that communion, but through sin, He brought His Son down to die for us to bring us back into communion with Him. And as more and more people go back into communion with Him. Uh, we continue to uh, live the gospel here in this life that we're that we're called to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, preach it just, it, it's preach just it, it's mind numbing. Like to me, it's just mind numbing. It's just like how does that, you know, as the body of Christ continues. To, one of the things that I always tell somebody, and I don't know, this may be wrong. Some of the theologians, if you're listening, which I doubt you are, but if you are, canon lawyers, whatever. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things that please I always... Please don't listen to our show if yeah. you're a canon lawyer. Uh, one of the things that I always tell somebody when they when they are uh, received into the church at Easter, I, I always say, like, the church is so much better with you in it. Yeah. yeah. That's, like, the one thing that I say to them because it's personal. It's something that they can be like, yes. Something that they can take ownership in. It's um, incomplete without you in it's it. It's incomplete without you. I mean, it's, so it's very incomplete right now because there's a lot of people who aren't in it. Right. Yeah, you know, so like on Catholic Answers, the, a very common topic is can you be saved without being Catholic? Big, I mean, that's like one of the 20 or 30 things that comes up over and over and over again. Um, and of course, the answer is yes, you can be saved. That's not even why I bring it up. The question is, um, yes, but they only- can be saved. Another person can be saved, like the aborigine. And you know, it's like whatever, or or but even just your neighbor. They're being saved through the church. Look, no, but that's I. Yes, that's not that. What I'm really even trying to address. The question is, can you be saved without them being Catholic? If you're the one who's supposed to tell them. Yeah, I just want to make sure because, like, you made some big, broad well, strokes there. Well, like, the answer is yes, they can be saved. They right, can but, be but saved. They're saved through the church. Yeah, there's no salvation outside. But the I'm church. saying, I'm just saying, yes, they can be saved. It's only because of the church that they that they can be saved. But yes, of course. The, but I, what I'm trying to say is that those inklings that I get sometimes that I almost always ignore, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do better. Um, that's on me. That person, like if that person never hears the gospel now, mm-hmm. what if I was God's plan for him and I kept it to myself? You know what I mean? Um, well, Steve Ray makes a, a great like depiction of this of what yeah. you just said like you know right exactly you meet your neighbor yeah you meet your neighbor at judgment at judgment and they look at you and say you mean to tell me that you were saved like that you knew all of this stuff you you you're judged and god says welcome into heaven right. and then right after you like before you get to the gate you know into heaven you turn around and see your neighbor being judged right behind you and he's condemned to hell and he looks at you and says you mean to tell me you, you knew this and you, you knew about it the me, whole time? And you didn't even tell me We about lived it? together. We lived next door for like 20 years. Right. You didn't tell me? Right. You know, and uh, life seems important sometimes. Like the things that we 
do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is like, I think, the, the big benefit of the idea of the momentum mori, you know, considering your death. When you do that, you realize how unimportant. Insignificant, a lot of things that you put yeah, significant. Exactly, like life. the things that, that we all think are so important. And I have found that something that really helps me is when I feel stressed or when I feel uh, burdened, when I feel that um, I'm not making a difference or anything like that, I focus my attention on other people. I focus on reaching out to other people. I don't like to do that at the moment. I don't either, I'm not, but I, 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 I do it. I, I force myself. Yeah, you just have to make yourself do you, it. You yeah. force yourself to do it. And, uh, and it is hard. It's a virtue that you can do that mm-hmm. because it's something you've practiced. Yeah. Yes. So, but, anyway. you know, like a lot of the last thing I want to say about this is that um, there's a lot of people, I think, who have uh, scruples um, about the fact that they're not evangelizing more or, you know, here we live in America. Like, should I throw off this comfortable, wealthy life? I mean, e- even if you're c- pretty poor in America, you're still pretty wealthy by many many internet like country standards right um should i like you know am i sitting here living a life of luxury while other people suffer like do i am i am i doing something morally wrong a lot of people feel this way should i go in a a, like become a missionary for a long time and then come back uh and maybe god's calling you to do that i don't know but the truth is that there are so many walking dead here in this country. There are people who walk around who are just dead on the inside, and they need somebody to evangelize them. Mm-hmm. But f- principally, the first people that this you have an obligation to to do this is your children and your and your spouse. Okay, so you need to those. You, that's where you focus your attention. Once you have a game plan there, that's when you start expanding out into the outer rings. You know, like then, then literally look at your neighbor or the p- other people in your parish. You know, and um, of course, you know, be always open to the the movements of the Holy Spirit um, as you're in the grocery line or something. But um, it's th- grow where you're planted. You know what I mean? You you are where you are, and do God's will right there because He has He has a plan for you, and He put you there already. <laughs>